Lord, we've been reminded through the songs that we have sung and through uh, the words that have been given that you are here with us. Emmanuel, God with us. So because you are here with us, we don't want to simply ignore your presence. And we don't want to presume upon your presence. But we choose to engage your presence. So open our eyes that we would see and open our ears that we would hear, open our hearts that we would receive, and then open our wills that we would respond to you, to what you're doing and how you're moving. God, we surrender this time to you and ask you to lead every part of what's said that it would bring glory and honor to your name. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If I think about what I would be if I was not a pastor, it would probably be uh, someone who worked uh, with, with English. Uh, I love grammar. I love language. I love words. I love uh, the way that, it, that things are uh, formed. I'm fascinated by words and phrases. They bring, life, they bring things together. They convey messages in a way that's relatable and understandable and uh, allows for connectivity and cohesion as we we move, as we move forward, as we think through things. The things, there are certain words that I love uh, more than anything. They're called transition words. They're called transition phrases. They are the types of words and the types of phrases that, that tie things together, your thoughts and your sentences, your paragraphs and your ideas, and helps you transition in your mind and help you uh, build a relationship from what was just said to what is going to be said. And it connects things together so that maybe over here something seemed a little uh, confusing and it wasn't really clear, or, or maybe there was conflict created in what was said over here. But that transition phrase or that transition word brings clarity or helps you move into the next thing or bring about what it is that wants to be said. There are words and phrases like, undoubtedly, or words like uh, in addition to, phrases like in addition to, or uh, a word like subsequently, or as a result. My favorite one that I use is to the point that, that my, my, my kids get sick of it is that, you know, but I submit to you. It might be this, but I submit to you. And they're like, eh, you know, I think you get the picture of what I'm trying to make. In order to connect one phrase to another, in order to get uh, uh, from one thought to another, we need a good transition phrase. Well, well, that works well with language, but it doesn't always work well with life. Sometimes with life, the connector words for the transitions are not there. We don't easily see an undoubtedly or a, an as a result or, or therefore. Sometimes there isn't that obvious, uh, but I submit to you kind of thing. And that makes us a, a little tense because we want to have clarity. We want to know what's on the other side. If this is confusing over here, we want clarity over here. And with life, sometimes the transition doesn't come in a phrase or doesn't always come with clarity in the way that we want it. Whether this is life or, as in the case this morning, a season of leadership transition, the word or phrase that, that connects us from where we've been to where we are, are going is not always apparent because this transition is marked by a season of waiting and trusting. We don't find much comfort in that. Sometimes we, we resist that. We don't want to wait. We don't want to simply trust. We want answers. We want connectors. 
We want the undoubtedly, or we want the, the as a result or of, or the subsequently spelled out for us right now in this season, in this place, so we know what's coming. And sometimes that waiting or that trusting overtakes us and we push away from it, and then we try and take control over the transition because we want the clarity now. And the problem with that is when we take control of the transition that we're facing for the sake of our own comfort or for the, uh, to soothe our inability to wait and trust, we often miss what God is doing and where he is and how he's present in the transition. So let me encourage you with these words this morning. God often does his best work in our seasons of transition if we would wait and if we would trust rather than jumping to the undoubtedly or the but I submit to you. Uh, actually, I'm going to use the but I submit to you. Over here, there's tension because we want the answer. But I submit to you this morning that God often does his best work in our seasons of transition. And so as we look at God's word today and we think about the idea of transition, there's a, there's a question that comes to mind that, that I think through. How do we find God while we're in transition? How do we see God while we're in transition? How do we remain grounded and steadfast and positioned for forward movement with our eyes and our hearts focused on the Lord doing a season of transition? Maybe another way, a question that can be asked is, how do we wait well on God and experience what it is and encounter what it is that he wants to do in this season of transition? Here's the, here's the transition phrase that keeps us focused and grounded and steadfast and moving forward with our eyes fixed on him and looking for his purposes in the, in the season of transition. Here's the, here's the phrase that I would like to leave with you this morning. It is two words, simply this, just remember. Just remember. We find as we look into God's word in Jeremiah 29, we have a group of people who are in transition. They find themselves in a place of exile. They find themselves in a land that's not their own, around people who are not their own, facing a situation that they didn't want to face, and yet they find themselves there. And in the midst of finding themselves in this place of exile, in this place of transition, which they found out later that was going to be longer than they had planned on or longer than they wanted to wait for, there were some things that God taught them about himself. There were some things that God made clear about who he is. There were some things that God made clear about what he was doing in that transition that caused them to have to say, hey, let me stop fighting the waiting. <laughs> let me stop fighting the trusting. And let me just simply embrace what God is doing. Now, it seems strange that we're talking about people who are in exile, and your question might come, well, are you saying that city life is in exile this morning? No, 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 that's not the case. That's not what I'm saying. However, transition sometimes feels like exile, where you're trying to figure out what's happening. 
And I think we can learn something from people in exile about God and what he's doing in the midst of transition. And so let's look at God's word. Jeremiah chapter 29, we're gonna begin at verse four and we're gonna read through verse 14 and it reads this way. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you, uh, you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and the places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. This passage contains one of uh, the most uh, uh, powerful verses, uh, uh, one of the most uh, declared verses, one of the most proclaimed verses, and one of the verses that's taken out of context the most. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. Why do I say it's taken out of context? Because we focus on the verse and we miss what's surrounding it. Let me read it again. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For... I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans I have for you don't come without a season of transition. The plans I have for you don't come without this season of learning and growing and developing and, and moving before I take you to the place that I have for you next. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Here we have a group of people who don't like where they are, don't like the people where they are, can't stand that they're in this place, and they want to get out in the, the quickest way possible, and God simply has Jeremiah step in. And in stepping in, Jeremiah uses basically what he's saying to them is, I know you don't like where you are, but just remember. Just remember. There are three things that I believe God uh, wants his people to remember as they are in captivity. And I also think those three things uh, God wants you to remember as you are in transition. Just remember. In this season of transition, first, just remember, God is still present and still on the throne. So keep your eyes on him. God is still present and still on the throne. So keep your 
eyes on him. Here people found themselves in exile, and they looked everywhere except to God for their answer. In fact, they made it very clear that they were looking to prophets to give them the answer they wanted in the time that they wanted. I can imagine it going something like this. Hey, I need a word. You are a prophet. Can you give me a word? Yes, I've got a word. It's going to take about 70 years. You're not a prophet. I don't want to hear from you. I need a word. You're a prophet. Can you give me a word? Yes, God's going to bring you through. It's going to take a while. You're not a prophet. I don't want to hear from you. And they kept doing that till finally they come along with someone by the name of Hananiah. And he's like, you know what? Yes, I have a word for you. This is not going to be as long as you think. It's only going to be about two years. Don't worry about it. You know, God's on the way. Things are going to happen. Just get ready. Sit down and get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. God's going to deliver you. That's the word that they wanted. And so they rejoiced in that word. And then along comes Jeremiah and says, that is the word and the dream you wanted the prophets to have. Because that word and that dream fits well with your discomfort of waiting in the transition. And God says, here's the word I have for you. What I'm accomplishing is not just about you, it's about Babylon. And it's gonna take a while. There's going to be a season And in that season, know that I have plans for you that are good. Know that I have plans for you that will prosper you. Know that I have plans for you that are hope-filled, not hopeless. So get ready. Get ready. My wife and I have just come through uh, a season of transition over a year ago. Well, it's been about a year and a half ago when I got a call asking, should I, you know, would you be willing to submit your resume for uh, the position of district superintendent? And it took me a while to even think through what it was that, that, that the answer was going to be. And I remember getting a lot of people, they all had words for me. <laughs> they all had things that God had told them that they needed to tell me. And the temptation was to believe those words. Some of those words were accurate. There were other words, and I'm like, yeah, it'd be nice to lean into that. And finally, I just went to the Lord and said, you know, I need a word from you. I need a word from you. What's going to happen here? And I asked the Lord, are you in this? And what I wanted was for the Lord to simply say, yes, I'm in this. This is my doing. These are the plans I have for you. Get ready, get ready, get ready. And this is all he said to me. Kelvin, do I have your yes no matter what the outcome is? What kind of word is that? Do I have your yes no matter? That doesn't show me what the future is. I know what I'm doing, the Lord says. Do I have your yes? no matter what the outcome is. I think in his four, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He was saying to his people, I want your yes, no matter what the outcome is. Know that my outcome is good. (laughs) Know that I know what I'm doing. I simply want your yes. City Life, God's simply asking for your yes this morning. Whether this transition is short 
whether this transition is long. Whether you feel like waiting or you know God's saying, wait. Whether you want to see the hope in the future God has for you now or whether or not you're willing to trust the hope and the future that God has for you. Does God have your yes? I'm in. I'm waiting on you, God. I'm waiting with you, God. Listen, God is still present and still on the throne. So keep your eyes on him. But second, while you're in the season of transition, just remember God is still at work building his kingdom. So stay on mission with him. God is still at work building his kingdom. So stay on mission with him. Here you have a people who wanted an answer, they wanted it their way, and they were just going to wait until they got it their way. And when it was clear that the way they wanted it wasn't the way that God had it, I could just picture in their minds that they went, fine, it's going to be 70 years, that's good, I'm going to sit right here, I ain't doing nothing. And God, I'm going to wait you out. I'm waiting on you. I can imagine God going, okay, I'm waiting on you. And when you finally get that I'm at work here and you join me in the work that I'm doing, then you'll start to build your houses. (laughs) You'll start to marry off your sons and daughters. You'll start to plant your fields. You'll start to see this place prosper. I find it interesting that in the midst of them being in exile, in a place they didn't want to be, with people they didn't know anything about and didn't like, God says to them, pray for the peace and the prosperity of the city. Because when the city prospers, you too will prosper. I find it interesting that we're looking at this passage today in Jersey City. The city that God wants to prosper. And in the midst of the transition that you are in, God is calling you to make sure this city prospers. Because if this city prospers, you too will prosper. I did some snooping on your website. And I found this about City Life Church. You have a mission. Simply as this, find home, encounter Jesus, pursue gospel change together. I did some more snooping. I found out you have a vision. That vision is to missional communities in every major neighborhood in Jersey City, two church plants being birthed out of City Life. You have uh, refugee housing that you want to see happen. You have 100 baptisms that you'd like to see. I would say 100 baptisms and more. Uh, 130 people come to faith in Jesus. 130 people and more. 75% uh, of people giving them their time and their talent and their treasure to the kingdom. I would say 75% is just the beginning. You know? Uh, a quarterly major outreach and a monthly minor outreaches by your missional communities. 85% of the people in missional communities, 85% of the people in discipleship relationships. I did some more snooping and found out that you have values that you have. And that value, the values that you have are based on this. Everyone in. City life, that hasn't changed. 
just because you're in transition. That hasn't changed. Just because you're waiting on God to show you the hope in the future that he has for you. That hasn't changed because you're waiting to see who your next leader is. Stay on mission with God. Here's the interesting thing about this, uh, this group of people who were in exile in Babylon. They had no idea that the planting of the fields and the praying for the peace and the prosperity of the city was going to be the way God resourced their outcome. They had no idea that when God brought them through, it was going to be the resources that they built that God would say, okay, Babylon, you think this is yours? This is part of my plan all along. You got a king who's going to resource my people going back to the land and to the city that I had for them. Plant your fields. Build your houses. Pray for the peace and the prosperity of this city. Because when the city prospers, you too will prosper. God is still building his kingdom. And he still has a mission he wants to accomplish in Jersey City while you're in the midst of this transition. Stay on mission with him. And then third, God is still revealing himself and transforming lives. So keep seeking him. In the midst of this transition, just remember, God is still revealing himself and transforming lives. So keep seeking him. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to harm, not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I think maybe one of the reasons this group of people kept going back to others to try and get a word from the Lord was A, they wanted the particular word they wanted. It said very clearly, you keep having these prophets who are dreaming dreams that you want them to dream. In other words, you want people who are prophesying and giving testimonies over what it is that I'm saying, this is what I have for you. So that was one reason. But I think the other reason is because they didn't trust that God would reveal himself. They didn't believe that God would show up. They thought, here we are in exile, and God has left us. So we need to take matters into our own hands, figure this out our own selves, and do our own thing. And then maybe when God sees what we can do, he'll show up. God said, I haven't left you. Had no plan to leave you. I haven't stopped working. Had no plan to stop working. I haven't hidden myself off in the corner where you cannot find me. I will be found. But you're going to need to seek me. So what's the word for city life? God can be and will be found in this transition. Seek him. Stay on your face before him. Trust that he knows what he's doing. We sang about it, I don't know, 
number of times this morning. Emmanuel, God with us. You are here. Your glory is here. That's not just a song that we sing. That is the reality of who God is right now in this transition that you are facing. God is still present and still on the throne, so keep your eyes on him. God is still at work building his kingdom, so stay on mission with him. God is still revealing himself and transforming lives, so keep seeking him. If I were to sum this up and put it uh, in a way that uh, was running in my mind even as I was putting it together, it would be this way. Transition, transition. You're in a transition looking for a new pastor whose identity is sealed while you anxiously wait for him to be revealed. And at times, it feels as if the ground is shifting, shifting, shifting into a season that's unfamiliar. You're yet holding on, but sometimes you inwardly shiver and you wonder, what will the other side of this transition bring? On the one hand, you're hopeful. And on the other hand, you confess there is a sting, a sting of walking into the unknown. And while you have faith, sometimes you feel alone because transition can often feel like exile in your soul. You feel exile on an island while you wait for your ship to come in. You try and face it with a grin, but deep down you admit that hope in the transition often sounds like a contradiction because how can you fully hope without knowing what you're hoping for looks like on the other side of your hoping? It's quite unnerving, this hoping in transition. And you're tempted to embrace a mission that takes matters into your own hands. But here's the good news, my friends. We have a hope that never ends. For our hope is not in the people who will lead us. Our hope is in the person that has freed us. You see, things, people, seasons, they change. There's a time to stay and a time to move away. Yet we hold to this truth that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today forever. He faithful will remain. So be still, my soul. Take your hands off. He's got this. And not one little detail will he miss. Therefore, we walk through this transition with confidence that his work is always excellent. And no matter how long or short of a transition we're facing, he knows the plans for us to prosper us, to build into us. There's a future and a hope because of who we hope in. So let's hold on to him and seek him. Don't give up and don't give in. To be, be confident in this. He has not changed. So let's keep hoping in him. For he is present and able to keep you through the end. So trust my words. Better yet, trust his words. For I submit to you that he is faithful and he will see you through this transition. Amen.